There's a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a cold of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, I'm Alan Wharton. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on March the 31st, 2010. For the newcomers, I suggest you look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website, scroll down and bookmark all the other official sites I have listed there for future use in case the com goes down. You can, and remember too that uh, one of the sites is AlanWhartSentinel.eu. That's the European site. That's the only site that has got the addition of transcripts of a lot of the talks I've given, which you can choose to print up. And you also can choose from the various languages of Europe and pass them around to your friends. has all the same audios as the rest as well. So you can do both with that one. And remember, too, that you're the audience that brings me to you. I really trickle by here most of the time. And it's through uh, buying the books I have them for sale on the website, uh, or the discs I have for sale. And remember, too, you can get 40 to 50 uh, shows per disc on the ones that I uh, sell on my website. You can also have DVDs I sell and the books I have up for sale as well that I've written. These books are different, remember. They, they bypass the usual um, linear thinking logic that we're trained to, to think in. And uh, it, it shows you through symbology and various other means how basically you're, you're used by those with the arts to use you. Very old skills, very ancient techniques, and I'm sure it's as early as writing itself, probably, and even the spoken word. But uh, most folk are oblivious to it. We're taught to be linear thinkers so that we're, we come to conclusions that are predetermined, that we come to when we're offered information written, written in a particular style or presented in a particular style. We always come to the conclusions we're, we're expected to come to. That way we're, we're very predictable and easily managed. And also, too, I should mention that you can pay from the U.S. from any for any of these purchases from the websites uh, through Western Union, cash, MoneyGram. You can also use personal check from the U.S. to Canada. It's probably the only country a personal check outside another country still accepted is from the U.S. to Canada, because we're really one now anyway, you see. And um, you can also use PayPal to order or donate. And remember, you can, you can order by using the, the donate button, send that payment to me with a separate email with your order, and I'll get it out to you. Same idea across the rest of the world, PayPal, MoneyGram, Western Union, or uh, cash, and I'll get them out to you. And some people just get disburned to play on their CD players. They've given up the Internet or they never started with it anyway. And folk burn discs and pass them to them of the shows that I do. You can get in touch with me at Alan Watt, Site 41, Box 4, Estere, which is E-S-T-A-I-R-E, Ontario, Canada. Postal code is P for Peter, 3, E for Elizabeth, 4, N for Nora, 1. P3E4N1. Now, the ads you hear on this show are paid by advertisers directly to the station. I have nothing to do with them whatsoever, if I've ever spoken to any of them. And 
most hosts get their money by payments from advertisers for pushing their products and so on like that. That's what commerce is all about. But uh, I don't do that. So the ads in this show pay for the airtime for RBN broadcasting this show, pays for the staff and equipment, and helps with their bills as well. So it's up to you to keep me going. So go into the CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website, purchase the books, purchase the discs, uh, donate to me as well, because I really, really, really could be doing many, many more things than doing what I'm doing. This is a, it's, it's not even a full-time job. It's not a job. It's beyond a job. It's seven days a week, morning till night, till the early morning, every night. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I am Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix. The matrix is an interesting term because it's a, it's, it's a kind of analogy or an allegory for where everything comes from and including all ideas. But it also involves all the chronologies that go on as well. As I say, we're taught to think linearly. It's very, very good. You get people thinking in a linear direction like a computer. And I've mentioned this analogy many times before. A computer, remember, has a language, a computer language. It has a logic designed into it. And it has a program. It also has a programmer who designs this kind of stuff. Now, the programmer technically can be fed uh, a question, and if he understands that computer perfectly, he'll know the answer by the logic of the computer that it must arrive at. Uh, we're the same way. We're taught to think linearly. A equals etc., etc., etc. And um, we come to a conclusion that's predetermined for us by the way it's presented, the bits of information, the bits and bytes of information, you might say, is presented to us, leads us in a step-by-step format where we don't have to do any thinking at all to a pre-designed conclusion. That's what makes it possible for those who don't think linearly to fool you, you know, the ones at the top who know all of these arts, you see. And we go into a sort of... A, a clicking phase where we're, our, our brains don't function properly when we're trying to follow the scams of bankers, for instance, and how they can see something that you'd never have thought of, and how they literally they'll, they'll come from an opposite direction of thinking, using a different kind of logic to get what they want. You see, that's non-linear thinking. And as I say, that only works for a long time with a society who are taught linear thinking only. Logic is a, used to be taught in school, logic and reasoning. There were arts that were taught in school how to take any particular topic and analyze it and use your reason to come to conclusions. That isn't taught anymore. Much of the thinking that we're taught today is really social engineering for a, for a, a particular type of society under a particular type of rulership. And much of it is used by using emotion. I've mentioned articles and read them recently about how they use emotion to to really imprint ideas or agendas into our minds so we'll go along with them. It's very, very effective. But tonight I was going to go into really uh, how the... the Projections that many big thinkers in the past who were planning the, what they call the new society. 
like like the Bertrand Russells, like the Huxleys, Julian Huxley and Aldo Huxley, and all the other big, big players, and the Council on Foreign Relations, Rollins Super International, the socialist uh, founders, leaders, they all talked about a new society with new values. But part of it would be the transition that they would come into between the old and the new systems. And part of it, remember, was the destruction of the family unit because they couldn't be in charge at the very top, the pinnacle of power. You couldn't be in charge if you had a clan, for instance, like an extended family going to stand up for the person you're after or whatever pretext. So once you destroy the family unit and you create what Bertrand Russell said, an egocentric and egocentric society, narcissistic, where you only care about me, me, me. They called it the me generation for a good purpose. That was part of the agenda. Then you won't stand up for anybody around you. They tested this out to some extent in other countries, even in the Soviet Union, a great laboratory for experimentation with populaces behind an iron curtain, and and they had nowhere else to talk to. Who were they going to complain to when their whole government was behind these massive experiments? They tried that when they'd, they'd come for neighbors in the middle of the night, and uh, they'd turn everybody out in the street to make sure you saw the neighbors being carted off. Uh, but um, the idea was really to impress upon you that no matter if how good you are, you could be guilty of something, and... It made the people very, very suspicious and more and more obedient to whatever ridiculous law was passed down the pike that they had to follow. You train the public public by Pavlov's techniques, basically. Solzhenitsyn talks about that technique, and he says, you cannot let these things start in tyranny, in tyrannical societies. You cannot let them start. It's too late to go backwards and change it. That's how it's always been. You have to nip it in the bud at the start. And what he said was, when tyranny begins, and two guys or four guys are sent to pick up your neighbor, he said, we could have, he wrote this in his own book, and I think it was a Gulag Archipelago, he said, he said, the neighbors could have grabbed picked, picks, uh, handles, uh, axe, axes, whatever, and done away with those two guys, the brutes, you know rather than allowing it to happen. Because once you allow it and you witness it and you do nothing, it kind of reinforces that to happen the next time until it's, it's a normal occurrence and you, you cower like a, a, a frightened animal each time you see it. It's a, they're all training exercises. Well, this has all been used across the Western world now. It's been done through Hollywood promotion of movies. Remember back in the 90s, out came the movie, the movie. it was called Siege, I think it was. Now, I've never seen it. I didn't watch it because I knew what it would be about. So I knew what was coming up. And uh, that was a takeover of a U.S. city by the authorities under martial law. And that gave you a clue that this is what was coming ahead. It was on the cards. Because they train you in advance for what's to come. And they knew through uh, studying peoples and nations like Britain, for instance, uh, especially with long-running series like Coronation Street. Coronation Street literally was predictive programming for the public, where the characters would all be familiar to the people. They'd, be, they'd have those characters in every street in Britain, and you could identify with some of them. They have they had psychiatrists. They still have psychiatrists, uh, social workers, lawyers, uh, uh, social engineers working on the staff full-time on the series. And they even showed you the massive immigration that hadn't happened in Britain. 
and what would happen through drama, through fiction, uh, how the families would work it out when different groups mixed and their daughters got married and all this kind of stuff. It was all portrayed on television to set the example of what you would do as a parent when it was your daughter and this happened. And quite a few years later, then the immigration came in and all those things actually cropped up. You'd follow what happened as it played out on screen. You're pre-programmed on how to act and copy the actor's role. This is the same as a siege mentality, the movies that they put out before 9-11 happened in 2001, and much, much more. The Hill Street Blues series was nothing more or less than to get the public in the U.S. and the rest of the world, but mainly the U.S., used to SWAT teams coming along with every, every call that went out there for the regular police, and would come the SWAT teams with them. And through dramatizing events with, uh, and humanizing the police, remember, all, all drama is propaganda when it's about police or authorities of the government. Jack C. Lull went into a lot of detail about how that kind of drama is always propaganda to give you a false impression, and it's also used to program you for things to come, how to behave with things to come. I don't think many people are shocked now when SWAT teams turn up for anything at all. We're, we're all programmed, you see. But getting back to the new society, this is all to be part of the new society, the transition where everything that held the fabric of society together, such as the religious values that people shared, even if they weren't religious themselves, they had common cultural values. And they would have to be shattered because minorities, certain specific pre-chosen minorities, would be elevated up to special status. And they would use these minorities and create big movements and well-fund them, which were through the foundations, by the way, in philanthropies, uh, to cause the rifts that they wanted to cause uh, in, in not what was called normal society at that time, so it was no, no longer normal. In other words, it would be a transition of, of from a normal, stable society where everyone knew the rules, the basic rules, and there was very little crime. And you would get this transition where the, the things that gave you the values, held the values, were thrown out the, the window as they promoted a more violent society, mainly through fiction, by the way. And that was to be the, the time when they'd have to turn loose an army of, of special new militarized police on the public. They knew this back in the 1930s because they wrote about it. So the danger time was a transition between uh, religious values. Even if you, don't, you weren't religious, you followed those values because it, it was cohesive to society so you'd all get along with each other. And you wouldn't rob and steal or kill each other. That was really what it was about. Into a new humanistic society, secular humanism, where the state would then give you the new values, which are really laws. That's what they are. They're laws. And you have to obey them, whether you agree or not. But this in-between phase was to be the dysfunctional phase. Even Lenin talked about it. He said eventually um, the, the societies and agencies the government will set up, the, the um, services would become authorities. And the authorities would govern the people. And eventually there would be so many authorities the government authorities, they'd be stepping on each other's toes, different departments all stepping on each other's toes. 
And that's what we have today as well. They're, they're battling for turf. And different agencies get called, get, get, go out to each house call type of an idea. They're all arriving at the same time, fighting for turf. So we're in a dysfunctional phase because, and, and the more dysfunctional they, they create it, uh, the more upset we get and anxious we get and we're fearful and we're kept in fear by the war of terror. It's a, it's a war, it's a reign of terror on the public by the governments. And we comply through fear. And part of it is the dehumanization. Remember what uh, Julian Huxley said, and I read that on the air from his own book, and he was the first CEO of UNESCO, remember, a complete eugenicist and he an elitist. He talked about dethroning the human being from his superior status above all other creatures. Back with more after this break. This is Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix, mentioning the system, this transition phase. Remember that the 21st century is called the century of change. That's why the slogans change is good. It's for the century of change discussed by all the big acad- uh, those in, uh, in the big academies, the, the professors that uh, were all on board in organizations working with government towards this new society. And they call it the century of change, where literally everything and all values were to change to suit the state and to suit the intelligentsia and those who ruled with eugenics as a, a, a very high part of it. And getting back to Huxley, Julian Huxley, he said uh, that uh, they'd have to knock off uh, humans off the pedestal of superiority as the most uh, advanced creature on the planet and get us used to to death. And because he, because he said a big part of it would be to bring in a massive abortion and eventually possibly a um, mandated abortion. He also was a man who said they'd have to stop thinking just about the birth rate and start thinking about the death rate, ways to kill off the people so they wouldn't live too long by injections and so on of things to help you, uh, methods like that, which work with people who are linear, you see, by those who are non-linear. Now, here's an article for an example here that get released in the newspapers. And remember that the BBC is owned by the British government. It's a political tool. It always has been a political tool. And when they put these articles out, they also have uh, ulterior motives, which also takes the, the, the spin off the, the problems at home and points them elsewhere. However, they do put out some truth, but they could have put this kind of stuff out for years, in fact, if they wanted to, about China. But remember, China has to be the model state for the whole world to be modeled upon. We have to follow their example. According to the United Nations, China is a model state for the world with their family planning and so on. And this article is from BBC's essay, and it says here, the 31st of March, two held after dead babies are dumped in China River. Two hospital workers have been arrested in eastern China after the bodies of 21 babies and fetuses were found dumped on a river bank. Now, a lot more than that. That's just one day that they were caught, right? Uh, the state media reports, so it's the official Chinese media. Officials say the baby's families had paid Zhu Zhenyu and Wang Zhejun to dispose of the bodies, but instead they dumped them by the Gangfu River. Three hospital officials have also been suspended or dismissed, reports said. 
The action comes as authorities try to contain growing public anger over the discovery in Shandong province. The television footage showed several bodies lying on the ground by the river, covered in mud, while emergency workers searched the area. A local resident spotted the bodies and at first thought they were dolls. Eight of the bodies were said to be wearing identification bands, showing they had come from the affiliated hospital of, of Jinning Medical University. The Jinning government spokesman said the mortuary workers who were arrested on Tuesday had reached verbal agreements privately with relatives of the dead babies to dispose of the bodies and, and had charged fees for it. They subsequently transported the bodies secretly to the Gangfu River, but they had failed to bury the bodies completely, and so on and so on. So you see, that's, they're showing you dehumanization. Uh, and, um, and what's worse, the fact that these babies were dead and maybe killed or, and aborted, uh, as well, a different a variety here, and uh, or, or being dumped on the riverbank. You see, you understand. Uh, you're left with this little, and a lot of folk will take one or the other. Actually, they'll, they'll miss the main point of it. It's dehumanisation. It's exactly what Huxley wanted us to think about. Well, what's special about us anyway? You know, we're not an endangered species. Blah blah blah. You see. And then you go on to this article here. And it's from The Economist. It makes me wonder why they're all going after this at the same time. March the 4th, 2010. The worldwide war on baby girls. Uh, it says, Xinrang Zhu, a Chinese writer, describes visiting a peasant family in the Yimeng area of Shandong province. The wife was giving birth. We had scarcely sat down in the kitchen, she writes, when we heard a moan of pain from the bedroom next door. The cries from the inner room grew louder and abruptly stopped. There was a low sob. And then a man's gruff voice said accusingly, useless thing. Suddenly I thought I heard a slight movement in the, in the slops pale behind me. Miss Zinrang remembers. To my absolute horror, I saw a tiny foot poking out of the pail. The midwife must have dropped that tiny baby alive into the slops pail. I nearly threw myself at it, but the two policemen who hadn't accompanied me held my shoulders in a firm grip. Don't move, you can't save it, it's too late. But that's murder and you're the police. The little foot was still sticking out. The policeman held on to me for a few more minutes. Doing a baby girl is not a big thing around here, an older woman said comfortingly. That's a living child, I said in a shaking voice, pointing at the slop's pail. It's not a child, she corrected me. It's a girl baby and we can't keep it. Around these parts you can't get by without a son. Girl babies don't count. Now, remember China... It's got a real problem now because we've got way more men than women, but that's to fit in with the depopulation program that really is part of the of the communist, socialist, capitalist agenda. It's all one and the same thing at the top. China did not create itself out of nothing. It was guided by and funded by the West. All of its industry was done through the GATT treaty that every government in the West dreamed up and signed. China didn't dream it up. So remember these things. As you read all these articles, you must always think through articles of her ulterior motives. And I'm talking about how we're being dehumanized here on purpose and we're being taught to accept it. And you know something most do. Back with more after this break.
listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, this is Alan Watts and we're cutting through the matrix. I just let that uh, music go on there because it's a wailing guitar and uh, that's how you feel like sometimes when you read this kind of stuff. It's like wailing to the people and you're a voice in the wilderness just wailing away because most people are already conditioned through, mainly through entertainment into the dehumanization that we're in and this programmed and, and scheduled to get a lot worse step by step by step, until really nothing excites us anymore except more blood and guts and whatever else is out there. And plus a whole generation has been raised for this particular era uh, on video games, very violent video games, and which were designed, remember, for the military uh, boys and by the military boys uh, to get people just to kill on instinct without thinking about who they're killing. That's how they train soldiers. Well, they've trained a whole generation to grow up to be the soldiers. And as far as those youngsters see it, in a world where it's all about power, uh, they want the guys in the black uniform. They want to be one of these guys in the black uniforms with the big gun and the power. That's how children are. They want to go with the winner, you see. So we have them all dressed up, ready to get set on us. Now, we're talking about dehumanization as we go through this process into transforming into the new society. You see, the, the secular humanistic society where scientists have to rule us because they're experts in everything and we're dumb and stupid like that article I read last night, last night's show. And remember, uh, I put all these articles that I read up on my website, cuttingsthematrix.com, at the end of the show when Explore Next Satellite Upload allows me and graces me with enough speed to, to, to put it up there, sometimes with a, an extra hoist, I think. But anyway... This is another example of, of how they go for the youngsters. Everything that happens to youngsters is created this way. If they want a good society, believe you me, they'll give you a good society. If they want uh, dysfunctionalism and massive crime, until we go, my God, what's happening? We need more cops, we need authorities, we can't have people being free anymore, blah, blah, blah. Then you do this kind of thing. This thing I'm going to read now, and this is from CNN.com. Rape play, rape play, video game goes viral amid outrage. And it says here, Tokyo, Japan, CNN, the game begins with a teenage girl on a subway platform. She notices you uh, are looking at her and asks, can I help you with something? That is when you, the player, can choose your method of assault. With the click of your mouse, you can grope her and lift her skirt. Then you can follow her aboard the train, assaulting her sister and her mother. As you continue to play, your friends join in in a series of graphic, interactive scenes. You can corner the woman, rape them again and again. The game allows you to even impregnate a girl and urge her to have an abortion. Did you hear that? I wonder, I wonder if that even bothers anybody anymore. Yeah. The game allows you to even impregnate a girl and urge her to have an abortion. The reason behind your assault, explains the game, is that the teenage girl has accused you of molesting her on the train. So the motive is revenge. This is what's getting pushed out there for the youngsters. And you wonder, you wonder, when things happen in society, 
and the government really plays on it. Oh, no one can be trusted. We've got to monitor you all, chip you all, watch you all. It was all designed this way, folks. Every jot and tittle of it is designed this way. Every bit of it. And then when you're in a linear way of thinking, you understand by those who designed your linear thinking and your logic, making sure you're educated in the same format. And those who are not linear themselves, the cunning ones, they take you around in different loops and you're in this, this click mode when you can't understand why crazy things are happening. That's intentional because your program can't compute. Simple. Here's an example that comes out in the media, and it's, for, it's intended to come out like this. The Mail Online, right? A man who raped his daughter, four years of age, walks free after claiming she's, he suffered from sex somnia. 31st of March, 2010. So you can rape your daughter now and uh, walk free from the court to just claim you got sex somnia. Belgium was rocked by a new pedophile scandal yesterday after a court acquitted a man of raping his four-year-old daughter because he claimed he was asleep at the time. In a judgment condemned as a summit of perversity and an open door for pedophiles, an appeal court decided there was no proof the 30-year-old father was awake and that therefore he should have the benefit of the doubt. The man, identified only as Frederick L., admitted the assault, but he told the court in Mons, West Belgium, that he suffered from a very rare condition called sexomania, which led him to have sex while asleep. He was accused of raping the girl when she woke him up to open the door to the toilet. He said that he came to his senses when his daughter began to scream, Papa, it's me, it's me. The man told the court in Mons, this is a sexual version of sleepwalking. I was deeply ashamed when I found out what was happening. The divorced man, 30, had been drinking with his friends before going to bed in the same room as his daughter. Well, see, normally that's called an alcoholic blackout, folks. You see? But no, no, we got a new term for it. Sex omnia. There you go. Get you off the hook and you can just walk out of there. And that's now a message to everybody across there, because they're all in the European Union, and it'll, it'll go like wildfire amongst the paedophiles, mainly from the government set down, uh, to get them off the hook. Not that they're ever touchable in the government sector. And there's lots of them up there. Lots of them. Lots of them up there. But that article's put out there to put you into, my God, what's happening? Because you're linear thinkers. You don't understand this is all programmed to happen. Somebody gave the, the, the nod at a very high level for the judge to accept this. Very high level. It was time, you see. Here's another article, you see, that's meant to really get you, to make you upset. And what on earth is going wrong? You're using your logic, your linear logic and your linear thinking. But it's all designed to me. Society is just so dysfunctional now. No, society is exactly as it's programmed to be at this particular time. This is also from the Mail Online. Rapist who dumped a victim on rubbish trip, that's a garbage dump, escapes deportation after judge says he has a right to stay and marry in the UK. 31st of March. Government blunder, a blunder, oh, it's a blunder, yeah, allowed a convicted rapist to win the right to get married in Britain and avoid deportation by just two hours. 
Alfonso Simo, was granted asylum. He arrived from the Democratic Republic of Congo, but brutally raped a woman, dumping his victim on a garbage heap after he had finished with her. He was ordered to be deported at the end of his eight-year prison sentence and was two hours from being put on a plane back to Africa earlier this week. But a very reluctant high court judge, very reluctant, oh, I'm sure he was, I wonder what he's into, ruled Semo be allowed to marry his girlfriend, another refugee from the Congo who became a German national because of a home office mistake. Officials had initially agreed to give the 53-year-old rapist a certificate of approval to wed, then changed their mind. Mr. Justice Collins said the Home Office really cannot be allowed to play hot and cold, so decided Semo could stay for the ceremony. So now he can stay, like, permanently, right? And that's the mode it gets you into, is when you, this clicking mode, when you're linear thinkers, you don't understand there's big plans for you all. It's done in this way, and these judges get the nods. It's the right time. This is an idea whose time has come. That's what they say amongst themselves to further put you into a, a disconnected, dis- disassociated state of mind where you can't trust your own senses and it makes you fearful in society. So that the, the same governments can come down and say, to keep society working in this crazy, mad, violent state, all of you have to be totally monitored 24 hours per day and treated like children forever. You understand? That's how it's done. Sciences are at use right now. Sciences. And they use minorities when they want to clobber the majority. Mothers and fathers disappear from birth certificates to allow homosexual couples to be named as parents. The words mother and father are to disappear from birth certificates to allow them, to, uh, homosexual couples to be named as the parents of surrogate children. This which means the biological parents will no longer necessarily be identified in the certificates that provide a legal record of a child's birth. As his birth certificates have recorded mothers and fathers since registration of babies was introduced more than 170 years ago and for centuries before that when it was done in the churches. So mum and dad are bad, bad words nowadays because you're not supposed to be breeding, you see. That's the whole thing too. That, that's part of it as well. Makes it easier too to bring in the transgender types all coming in uh, through cloning and so on and so on. Understand you're under massive assault and you don't even know it. You try to use your limited logic because you're only fed so much information, but it's linear and you go into your click mode. Society is dysfunctional, everything's scary out there, and you cannot mature even to a, a human being anymore. You're kept as a perpetually frightened child. So that the experts can rule you and guide you for your betterment, of course. Now, there's a caller from England. I think it's uh, Steve. Are you there, Steve? Yeah, yeah. Hi, mate. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's me, Steve. Anyway, just another advert. I'm going to sing the advert. It's for you, all right? And uh, please, all you fine folk out there in America and all over the world, just just put a dollar or a pound or five pounds in an envelope and just mail it to them. And if you're worried about Big Brother... Don't even put your return address on there. Just wrap it in silver foil and send it to the man. Okay? Helen, hang in there. All right? There I are will. people that you don't know about trying to help with all this. Yes. Uh, uh, hang in there. I will do. 
That's appreciated. Uh, all the best. And thanks for calling. But that's the that's the world we live in, and, and people don't understand why the things are happening. But it's all planned that way. If the government had to go off and fight some major war that they never foresaw, they'd bring you back to a 50s generation, just like that. You'd have Madonna wanting to. She'd start singing virgin songs and how great it was to be a virgin. I'm not kidding you. The whole industry would go into action. And all through the media, and they'll probably be promoting and And the people follow suit. They follow the stars. That's where we're in the dysfunctional stage we're in today. But it's true. I do need your help or I can't keep going. Now, there's also Glenn in Pennsylvania. Are you there, Glenn? Uh, yes, hello. Good evening. Yes. Hi. Um, I just wanted to, I was listening to what you were saying about all this outrageous stuff that's being permitted. And uh, I would suggest that one possible motivation for that is I suspect that if these guys want to implement martial law and draconian laws and that sort of thing, they, they may well do this stuff deliberately to reach create a crisis to goad the masses into vigilantism. Once they start to get some vigilantism going, then they can use that as terrorism and justify martial law. Well, they already have the, the, the groups that will be designated vigilantes set up. These characters don't wait for anything to happen. They set everything up in advance. And, uh, and they will trigger them at the right time. Uh, which further, again, causes uh, people to think, my God, there really are people out there uh, who want to disrupt everything, and it gives the government um, incentive, and they put out laws to control everybody, everybody in the world. That's called collective punishment. The Soviets use the same thing, collective punishment. If one bad parent did one thing in one end of Russia, laws came down affecting every single person and took more rights away. It was the same thing, and that's a technique they're using on the U.S. citizenry right now and Britain and elsewhere. Right. I just, I just at this point don't see um, enough. It just seems to me like I don't think enough grassroots action is going to occur to, to turn this thing. I mean, I think we're basically you know, going into it. I mean, I, I think it's good that people should try, but I myself, I'm, I'm wary of protests, like this tax-free 15 thing coming up. You, mm -hmm. They can do a boycott, but virtually any protests will be infiltrated by provocation agents. So I refuse to participate in protests. Mm -hmm. And government, too, have other ways of dealing with this, too. Um, and technically, I mean, everybody does have the right. That's only right, supposedly. Uh, that you, I don't believe you have any rights at all. But supposedly under the systems that we have, the right to protest is the only thing that's left to us. And uh, most of the time they set out different ways for us to protest. It's like the philanthropies. Uh, they actually owned a lot of the big global meetings that had for the NGOs. They owned the NGOs that turned up at the protests uh, for the G20 and so on. Not all of them, but, but some, quite a lot of them. And uh, um, they also own the radical ones that start off the, the fights to, to, to label everybody as a radical that's, that's trying to boycott these protests so or, or, or meetings. So they, they, they've got everything set up way in advance, you know. Um, you've got to understand they have a war situation. They're always at war with the public. They use military strategy and think tanks to work out what will happen in the public if they move forward from the government with a new law on this, that, or whatever? 
and what reactions there'll be. They then set up opposing groups before they even start the law or bring it in. You've never even heard of it. They set up the, the embryos uh, to start off the protest groups with the leaders who are trained uh, before they've even made the move. And this has happened for, for the last 40, 50 years, in fact. I've watched this happening. Uh, and uh, they're too closely coordinated and, and so well done. Uh, even Soviet, the Soviet Union had uh, authorized dissidents, authorized dissidents to make it seem to the, to the West that, that, uh, that, that, that within the Soviet Union there was right to dissent and, and they were left alone and so on, but they were actually employed by the KGB. Well, so one can either elect to do absolutely nothing because everything is contaminated, or one can simply say, I must do what, you know, I feel I must do according to my conscience, yeah. knowing that there can be, you know, uh, corruption. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we have been brought to a stage now uh, of, of incredible scientific uh, manipulation on our minds. A whole culture has been reared without even knowing that pretty well everything that they, they bought fashion-wise, the, the music they sung, the, the games they played, the movies they watched all worked together to create a particular type of human for this particular era. And uh, uh, we are willing to, to accept violence and more violence done upon the general public by the authorities all the time. That More and more movies come out. There's hardly a movie getting churned out now without the, the SWAT teams and, the, and some government agencies. They all look the same now. They're like the guys in Star Wars with the faceless outfits. That's why they gave you Star Wars. The helmets they even wore in the Star Wars were like the German helmets that the new U.S. military copies. They're actually German helmets. You know, people don't. They never. They never associate things. But what they're showing you is a faceless army of clones out there. That's how you sort of see the, these troops where you can't see their faces. That are ready to come in and slaughter you uh, on command. And that's to make you very, very afraid. That's all intentional. Right. Right. But I know what you're saying, though. You have to go by your own conscience. We're back with more after this break. Hi, folks. This is Alan Watts, and we're cutting through the matrix just to finish up with Glenn, who was talking about so what do you actually do, um, and the fact you do have provocateurs and all the rest of it. But the fact is, it's true, we are slaves. See, it isn't until you understand we are slaves. We're living under an authorized slavery system. And I've talked to government officials from the feds that have told me personally that everyone works for the government. You, you, that's where your cash goes. It's, it's the way your money system works through the Federal Reserve or your central bank. It's all the same system across the world. And uh, they borrow money and we pay off their debts. They borrow money, we pay off their debt and keep them in a high life and lifestyle as well at the top. That's what we are. You know, we never really came out the feudal system. We just uh, changed it the way it looked. That's all. And uh, we can all understand extortion. You see the old mafia movies, they go around the locality, look the shops and stores, and they'd say, they come in and say, you know, Joe sent me for, for, for the cash this week. And you say, well, why should I pay Joe? He says, because it's protection. You say, protection against what? He says, protection against Joe. And if you didn't pay up, they beat you up, maybe killed you or one of your relatives in front of you, or burned your place down if you kept refusing. 
or, or stole your place. The government does the same thing. They, 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 they say you can have a house, you pay it all up, you pay their pals, the bankers, and uh, you pay off the mortgage perhaps, but you can't afford the taxes. So they steal your, the government steals your house. They steal your house for taxes. It's the same darn thing. And protection money is just paying your taxes. If you don't pay your taxes, the big boy, the heavies are sent down to, to make you destitute and put you in prison. It's also is a lesson to everyone else that, that, that can't pay, pay their taxes either. A cop stops you on the street, hands you a ticket. Uh, he's armed. That should be called a highwayman, a highway robber. If he demanded your money, you paid up or you, you paid for it in other ways. And the cop collects cash for his bosses. That's what it's about, folks. It's the way you've been taught to perceive it and trained to perceive it. That's all distortion, simple distortion. So extortion by other means in the movies and the old mafias is bad, but this distortion is good. You see? Same thing. Stealing is stealing. And, and extortion is extortion. doesn't matter how you flower it up with, with legal terminology. It's all the same thing. Now we'll go to Tom in BC, Canada. Are you there, Tom? Alan? Yes. Oh, yes, sorry, but Alan, uh, just one other thing out here in BC. The uh, police have uh, scanners in their car that if they scan your license plate, it automatically hooks up to your T4 so that if your car happens to be uh, worth uh, more than the average car and your T4 doesn't correspond, they can pull you over on grounds of, say, um, maybe like a drug dealer, gangster type thing. So it's mm-hmm. another another form of, um, as you said, extortion. Oh, yeah, they can't dream up enough of them. Uh, I mean, you can understand that the, the police force, apart from keeping you in fear and keeping sure the gangsters are in power, regardless of the party that is called, uh, their, their job is also to bring in money for, the, for their bosses all the time and dream up new ways to do it. Exactly. And I just want to encourage your uh, listeners to purchase your book. Uh, I've read it several times, and every time I pick up something new, and as you drive through town, you see the signs, uh, mm-hmm. Masonic symbols, and uh, so on. So it's yes. really kind of an eye-opener, uh, to say the least. Yeah, it's true. Thanks for calling. All the best. And call, call again, too. I will. Thanks, but, It's true. You've got to understand symbols. You've got to understand how you've been trained and how to... Understand the enemy, those who are non-linear, those who have trained you to be linear and more simple. And simple is a word. That's why they call us children. From Hamish myself in Ontario, Canada, it's good night. And may your God or your gods go with you.